Good morning, church. We have been redeemed by the only one who has the power to redeem, and that's God. It is great to see you here this morning, both members and business alike. Let's go together, please, to God in a word of prayer. O righteous Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We are thrilled to be your children. We are thankful to be known by you and to know you. And to be able this morning to assemble to worship you. Help us, Lord God, to rid our minds of worldly thought that we might focus and concentrate on our worship service this day. That we might honor your name. That we might glorify you. We might glorify your son, Jesus, who died on that cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you for your mercy and for your grace and for your patience. And thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' most awesome, holy, magnificent, and powerful name we pray. For be thy will. Amen. Revelation, please, chapter 2. Picking up where we left off last week, God just simply wants to bless us. And I think we all would admit and could testify to the fact that becoming a child of God is the beginning of an amazingly blessed journey of life. I mean, it's one of the most amazing steps that you'll ever make in your life. And then the transformation that comes with it is just, is just incredible, right? In our service to the Lord, to the Lord, in our love for our God. And God wants to bless his children in a very unique way. Yes, he blesses the world. He blesses both the righteous and the wicked. Matthew 5 tells us that. He calls the sun to rain on the good and the evil. But he wants to bless his children in an amazingly uniquely, unique way. So Revelation chapter 2, beginning of verse 8. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, the first and the last who was dead and who has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. To the church at Smyrna, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 28, please. God promises them, though they were impoverished, they were rich, though they were suffering he was with them. And he asked them just to be faithful until the end. And in life, we're going to have some trying times and, and difficulties. But if you stick with the Lord through them all, you'll be able to see God as he carries you through from the beginning to the end. God wanted to bless Israel, and God wants to bless, he wants to bless us. Beginning at verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall be, 
If you will diligently obey the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country, and blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your, be- of your beast and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you, and they shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. God says, I'm just going to bless you. And these folks are agriculturalists and and they're dealing with animals and livestock and the ground. And and God says, I'm going to bless everything. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Romans 8 and verse 28. And he desires to bless Christians too. He just wants to bless his children in a special and a unique way. And he'll bless us through all circumstances. And in all circumstances. In Romans 8 and verse 28, the book says, And we know that God causes all things to work together uh, for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so God has his purposeful, purposeful blessing and love reserved for his people. You know, some of his people reject that blessing. You know? I'm going to come back to that. Just want to hang that out here for a moment. And you wonder, who would reject the blessings of the Lord? Let me come back to that. Let me come back to that a little bit later. Matthew chapter 5. God wants to bless his people. He wants to bless his people. And in verse 3, Jesus starts out the Sermon on the Mount saying, I want to bless you. I want to bless my people. And he says in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I just want to bless you. And I'm going to bless you if you're poor in spirit. And then he talks about those who are mourning. And he goes, I know in life you're going to find that there are times where you're going to mourn. But even in your mourning, I'm going to bless you. by sending you comfort. And when you're gentle, and when you're humble in spirit, in a world full of pride, and you choose humility, I'm going to bless you. And when you live your life in a way that brings glory to God and you hunger and thirst for righteousness, instead of hungering and thirsting for evil, I, God says, am going to bless you. And we know what this world is like, right? It's an unmerciful, vengeful world. But when you show mercy in an unmerciful world, I'm going to bless you. And when you're pure at heart, when you're seeking out purity, living a pure life in an impure world, God says, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to bless you. And in the midst of chaos and distress and suffering, 
and yet you are a peacemaker. I am going. You see, all of this takes an effort. It takes an effort to be like God. And when you're striving to be like God, God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reward you for being what you are. And then in verse 10 of Matthew 5, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to bless you when you are persecuted, when you are mocked, when you are ridiculed. I'm going to bless you. Why would anyone reject the blessing of the Lord? James 1 in verse 17, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above. The Father of lights with whom there is no variation or, or shifting shadow. God is consistent in his blessings. God is consistent in his love. And so what that tells me is, church, like the church of Smyrna, don't give up because we win, right? I mean, what an amazing life to live with God. Go back to Deuteronomy, please, chapter 28. To live with God and to receive all of these amazing blessings from God, who would turn those blessings down? Deuteronomy 28, beginning, if you will, at verse 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. And they shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put in your hand or put your hand to. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. As he swore to you, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity and the offspring of your body and the offspring of your beast and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its seasons and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I, Israel, I just, I want to bless you. Now we know there's the blessing and the curse. But the blessing is so rich and so bountiful and who would who would reject the blessing of God? We would. Even as people. Because we don't like what's attached to it. In verse 1 and verse 9, obedience. Be faithful to me. Church of Smyrna, be thou faithful until death. But God, I don't want to be faithful. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. And I want to do what I want to do. But I also want to receive the blessings from you. And that's not how this works. Oh, God's still good to us. But those blessings that he's reserved for his people, he says, you've got to be faithful. Listen to verse 1. Now it shall be if 
you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I've commanded you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And then verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. You see, all these blessings are surrounded, if you will, are surrounding obedience. You live obediently to God, and God says, I'll give you all of these blessings. Deuteronomy 28, verse 13. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail, and you only shall be above, and you shall not be underneath, if the condition. If you will listen to the commandment of the Lord, your God, which I charge you today, and observe them carefully. And do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. I richly want to bless you, but you've got to stay faithful. Right? Turn to Hosea, chapter, chapter 11. Is, that, is God asking too much to ask us to be faithful to him? I mean, it's like when you, you, were, you were married and you, in your vows, part of it is being, being faithful to your spouse. And you go to your jobs and, and your boss, your employee, uh, your employer wants you to be faithful to your job. Do your work. And God asks us the same thing. Just be faithful. And if you do that, he says, I'll give you all of this, all of this, all of this. And yet, and yet we say, God, we don't, we don't like the string that you've attached to all of the beautiful blessings that you reserve for your people. In verse 1, Israel refused. It's like, it's like taking God and saying, God, I want to restrict you. Right? I'm not going to allow you to bless me, God. Verse 1, when Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they called them, the more they went from them. And they kept sacrificing to the bells and burning incense, the idols. Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I, I led them with cords of, of a man, with bonds of love, and I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws. And I bent down and fed them. Verse 7. So my people are bent on turning from me, though they, they call them the one on high, none at all exalts him. My people are just bent on doing evil, and I just, I just want to bless you. Why would God's people do that? Matthew 23. Why would, why would God's people refuse the blessing of the Lord. Because we don't like the strings <laughs> that are attached. I mean, they're good ones. But you know, there was a temptation for some this morning not to come to worship. For some online not to turn on. There was a temptation. Why is that a temptation? 
Why wouldn't that be, wow, I can't wait to come to worship God on the only day I can worship God that he ordained. Take the Lord's Supper and say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cruel cross of Calvary. Why would that be a temptation for God's people? I don't know. God wants to bless us. And God wanted to bless Israel. And then the, the transforming in John's dispensation, Jesus is on the earth and Jesus mourns. Two times in the Bible, Jesus weeps. Here's one of them. Verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were unwilling. And he's lamenting. And Jesus is saying, I wanted to just bless you and love you and, and care for you and comfort you. And, all, and you, weren't, you wouldn't let me do it. It's like you try to hug someone that you love and they, and they push you away and you go, I don't understand why are you refusing my love? And why would we refuse God's love? This morning, are you struggling? God will fix it if you give it to him. This morning, if you, if you find that uh, you, you know, things just aren't going the way you hoped they would, try Jesus. Give it to him. If you're not walking by faith, like you're supposed to, like God asks us to, commands us to. Turn it around today. Let God bless you. Allow him to. Allow God to bless you. You know what God did? Turn to Luke chapter 12. He did something for us. He gave us a gift. And I'm thankful. You are, you are thankful. We are thankful. Thank you, God, for this amazing gift. You know, what, you know what's a gift to us? The church. The church is a gift. Yeah, the body of believers, you know. Us. We, we, we are a gift from God to each other. It, it's a gift. And what a beautiful gift it is, right? Verse 29, Luke chapter 12. And do not seek what you shall eat and what you shall drink. Do not keep worrying, right? So this is the, the worry section of the whole thing and anxiety. For all these things that the nations of the world eagerly seek. But your Father knows that you need these things. But seek first His kingdom and these things shall be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom, the church. Thank you, God. He, he chose to give us the church, the kingdom. What a, and what an amazing blessing to be a member of the church. Wow. Think about that. What an amazing blessing to be a member of the Lord's church. That's amazing. And you and I didn't do it. God did it. And he did it for us. It's like, it will be like the same, the equivalent, if you will, of the days of Noah when, when Noah was inside of the ark and his family. And what an amazing blessing to be in the ark. And what an amazing blessing to be clothed with Christ. What an amazing blessing to be in God's church. He gave it to us. 
Ephesians chapter 1. And there are blessings that we receive being in God's church that no one else can receive. Like the Holy Spirit. God made that clear. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. But we have him. Thank you, God, for that gift. And by the way, that's in your book. John chapter, John chapter 16, 14. What a gift. Thank you, God, for your kingdom, for your church, for this family. For the ones who have no family, who now have a family. For the ones who have trouble in their family, you now have a family. Big family. All over the world, both the heavenly kingdom and an earthly one as well. And there are amazing blessings, Ephesians 1, that God gives to his people and only to his people. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Catch this now. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every, wait, didn't God leave something out? When God gave us the kingdom, and when God added us to the church, he gave us everything there is to give as far as the spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. Wow. You talk about a God who's great, who doesn't hold back. He gave us everything, church. Thank you, God. For oh, that amazing gift. How many folks who would, who would turn that down? I did for many years of my life. There are some of you this morning that are not members of the body of Christ. Turning down the rich and bountiful blessings of God. You can only receive them in Christ. Can't receive them outside of Christ. And the text goes on to talk about the beauty of the church through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. God wants to bless us and bless us and bless us. And Don't be like Israel and tie God's hands and say, No, Lord, we don't want it. Verse 20. Now to him who is, you got to love this, who is able. Now to him who is, who is able to do, right? You can take this and just dissect it, right? You can exegete this text in a beautiful way because there's so much in there. What is he able to do? Well, put it like this. We will never comprehend what he's able to do because what he's able to do is far beyond we can even think or fathom. Listen to the text. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and, oh, where does it say? Where is it at? In the church. And in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God just wants to bless us beyond our own comprehension. Why would you turn that down, church? And what does he ask us to do? Just be obedient. That's all. I mean, it's not, it's not that we're working for the gift, 
But, but in order to receive the gift, you got to be in him. Right. And you got to stay in him. And you have to stick with him. This morning, don't be like Israel. Don't refuse the gift of God. Romans chapter 5. And then he did something. For those outside of Christ, he starts talking about the results of justification and the greatness of justification. And he starts working his way down and he gets to this, this word hope and that hope does not disappoint. And we grab, if you will, verse 6. Talking about hope upon hope and the greatness of God. And then he starts, he starts by telling us, reminding us of our position. Our position outside of Christ. And he says, but while we, when I was outside of Christ, right, doing my best, living in life, thought I was something when I was nothing. When I was out there outside of Christ, and some of you this morning are outside of Christ, you got to realize that you're helpless without Christ. And it's when you get to that point where you're willing to surrender and recognize that we're not talking about your physical abilities talking about your spiritual abilities. Helpless without Jesus. For while we were yet helpless, the Bible says in verse 6, still helpless at the right time, Christ died, not for the godly people, but for the ungodly, the people who were wretched, who needed saving. Thank you, God, for thinking more of me than I thought of myself. And then you know it's true. For one would hardly die for a righteous man. Though for the good man would someone even dare to die. We know that's true. But what did God do? God took a man and a woman in their wickedness and said, I still love you and I want to bless you. And here's what I'm willing to do for you. To show you, not only to show you that I want to bless you and how much I want to bless you. But I want to show you that you're worth more to me than you feel you're worth even to yourself. I'm not only going to die. I'm going to be executed. And I'm going to die a cruel death. And I'm going to take it all. And when they offer me that goal, I'm going to re refuse it so I can feel the pain of the sin that is destroying the world. And he felt it all. And he did it, individually speaking, for every person that's ever existed and that will ever exist on the earth. Now, I can't comprehend that number. But what, this is a number I can comprehend. He did it for me. And he did it for you. And now there's a sad part to that. He also did it because of me. And because of you. Because of our sin. And I was helpless. And I had to look to God and humble myself. And surrender. And the Bible tells us in verse 8. God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we're yet sinners, Christ 
died for us. If that isn't an amazing blessing and an amazing gift, what else can you ask for that would trump that? Let God bless you, church. If you're struggling in your walk of faith, let God bless you with forgiveness. Just repent, confess, pray to Him, give it to Him, own it. Say, I'm sorry. Turn it around. Make the wrongs right with those whom you've got to fix it with. If you're not a member of the church, you've heard about God, you know God. Do you believe Him? Do you believe in Him? Are you willing to trust Him? Are you willing to repent, have godly sorrow? Say, I don't want to live that way anymore. Turn your life to Jesus. Confess His name before men. Jesus says, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you, Matthew 10. And be baptized, immersed in water, and let God do the ultimate. Wash all of your sins away. Give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Kill the old man, resurrect the new, and then just stick with God until the end. And then God says, if you'll do that, I'm going to bless you. This morning when you receive the blessing of the Lord. As together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you